good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 220, 220, building up, or was it? No, build it sky high, there you go, I can't even say it, build it sky high, hi, I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have again, Edward was very brave enough to come back, my guest Edward, even though I just presented him as Edward, Edward come back, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, great to be here. So last time I had Edward on, we were talking about movie trading cards. Is that correct? Yes, it was. And uh, unfortunately, I have not added anything to my uh, collection since the last time we talked. But I've started to see more and more people posting about them on both my personal Twitter feed and my um, podcast account Twitter feed. So uh, I like to think that I helped uh, a little bit to make it a little more normal for people. Well, there you go. That's always a good thing. And maybe by the next time I have you on the show, you'll have maybe one more card sent your way. But today it is not about the beautiful collection of movie trading cards you have. It's about collecting other things that might be technically some pieces are smaller and that's Lego. But before we do that, for the people who have not listened to the previous episode, which I encourage everybody to go do, I'm going to ask the cliche question again that Edward just loves to be asked. Who is Edward? Uh, Edward is uh, a gentleman who's uh, been around for a little while. I'll be uh, 55 in November, who has retired from work and is enjoying his leisure time in many ways, including uh, doing the 80s movie podcast, which is, as I checked the last time, uh, it's about 80s movies. And uh, in my spare time, I enjoy uh, collecting movie trading cards, uh, specifically from the 70s and 80s or uh, Star Wars from any generation and Legos. Uh, the one thing is one thing that's great about Legos is right now I have an 11. Uh, excuse me. I have an 11 year old nephew, a nine year old niece and a five year old niece. Uh, so this is something that I started to get back into um, when one of them was like three years old. One of them wasn't even born yet. But now I'm cool uncle because I have all of these Legos that they could play with whenever they come over. That's pretty awesome. I, I have a feeling yeah. your massive, massive collection has like almost like every piece. But I'm sure there's some pieces missing, kind of like the sought after pieces that everybody wants. But as a fellow Lego fan, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you got that giant container with miscellaneous pieces, right? Uh, I have in my office about half a closet full of sets that have been built multiple times, sets that I've literally just acquired in the last two weeks, and little pieces here and there. So, um, yeah, so um, one of the things that I do in my spare time is host trivia games for a company called King Trivia. They do uh, trivia shows all across the country six days a week. And when someone is nice enough to tip me, uh, I put that into a little savings account. And when I have enough to uh, buy a set, um, my wife lets me go ahead and do that. <laughs> and so the set that I just got um, is a what's called the, a Lego modular building. I don't know if you know about those. But it's uh, it, but they there there's a new set every year and it, and basically it's it's like a two to three quote unquote story building in the Lego universe that have a specific theme. So uh, my wife usually gets me one every year for my birthday in November or Christmas in December. But there was this one that came out in 2021 called Police Station that she did not want to buy me uh, on ethical grounds, and I can't blame her. But I am a completionist, so even though I don't necessarily support the idea behind this specific set, I've gotten all the sets from the past 10 years, so I just want to keep my collection going without any holes. So I recently bought the police station using all the tips from my, my trivia hosting gig. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I love how you keep on going and adding on to the collection just to, just to complete the set. Does that set actually have a dead, not a deadline, but an end date or it just keeps on going? So what happened is that in 2006, Lego had pulled um, what are adult fans of Legos 
and asked them, what is something that you might be interested in? And they gave them a whole bunch of options. And one of the options was something that is called an expert creator set. It's like more than 2000 bricks and each, and it was a theme. So the first one was called Cafe Corner and it was released in April of 2007. And what they said was, we're going to use this as a test. And if there's enough people who actually buy this set, we'll continue doing it. And it's been very popular. So the one that just came out a couple months ago is called a Boutique Hotel. It was the 15th set that they've released. And they keep doing it every year because it continues to be popular with fans of Lego. And the, the best thing about it is that they actually can be attached to each other so that you can kind of make like a street. So if I were if I had the space to actually do all of this, I have, let me see, I've I first got the Palace Cinema in 2014. Then there was the Parisian restaurant, Detective's Office, Brick Bank, Assembly Square, a downtown diner, a corner garage, a bookshop, a police station, and now the boutique hotel. And you can actually put them all together. And certain sets are made to be specific corner sets. And some are meant to be a part of a block. So you could literally create an entire town using these sets if you so wanted. And then they just add a new set every year. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, my 11-year-old nephew loves coming over and uh, building the sets and eventually putting them together. But unfortunately, I don't have that much space to keep them out all of the time. Now, if you had the choice to have something that you really wanted to be added to the set, as in like it's not out yet, they didn't create that model, what would it be? I I don't know because there are there are several sets from before because I didn't get back into collecting Legos and playing with Legos until 2014 when the Lego movie came out. So there are about, I'm going to go back and look, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's about seven sets I don't have yet from 2007 to 2013 that uh, basically what happens is they, they sell them for about one to two years and then they're discontinued when the next series, next one in the series comes out. So those original ones like cafe corner or green grocer or the pet shop are now several hundred dollars on eBay. If you can even find, if you can even find them, because they weren't made in the same amount of sets as they are now because once the Lego movie and the other and the Ninja, Ninjago movie and Lego movie 2 and the Lego Batman when all these Lego movies came out Legos kind of exploded again so my thing is that if I were really going to move ahead I would try to get those ones that I haven't gotten yet uh, and then there's one set that is the holy grail for me. And it's only available at the Lego factory in Denmark, in Bilund, Denmark. Uh, it cannot be ordered online from a Lego store. You can't go to a Lego store in a, in a mall and buy it. You have to go all the way to Denmark, to Bilund, Denmark. That's the only place you can buy it. And if you and they only allow you to buy one set when you're there because they know that these are highly collected, uh, highly coveted collectibles. So uh, that's my dream next is to go to Denmark, go to the Lego factory and get myself one of those uh, Lego house sets that you can only get there. With that being said, did you ever go to Denmark or are you planning to go to Denmark soon enough to... Um, no, I, I've actually never been to Denmark. Uh, I've been to uh, France and Switzerland, but uh, and Scotland. So that's about all I've done in in Europe so far. So maybe in a couple of years, because our next trip is to Thailand, which is exact opposite side of the planet. So uh, we'll see what happens. No, I'm sure you can find some Legos there, right? <laughs> I'm sure there are. Well, one of the nice things about Legos is that um, there's three basic things that I collect. Uh, the first set we were just talking about were the Lego modular buildings that um, can be used to create a city, Lego city of sorts. Uh, the second thing that I collect is what's called Lego architecture, where they create sets that are built around specific 
uh, buildings from around the world. So there have been sets about the Taj Mahal, uh, the White House. Uh, the um, When I was in Seattle in 2015 with uh, my sister-in-law and her husband and my wife, I actually got a Space Needle uh, architecture set from the Space Needle itself, which was kind of cool. And then when we went to Paris in 2017, after she graduated from law school, I was able to get um, the Louvre and the uh, Arc de Triomphe from those various locations. But they're not specifically built just for those, unlike the the Lego house that I was talking about that you can only get from uh, Denmark. You can buy the the Space Needle or the Louvre or these other things at a store that carries them as long as they haven't been uh, discontinued. So, uh, like, for example, there was a, a set based on the Guggenheim Museum in New York about 10 years ago before I started collecting again, and it sold out. And then it was off the market for years, and they actually redesigned it and re-released it, uh, I guess, as a way to uh, making sure that if you had the, the original set, that it could be uh, compared to differently from the newer set. So, quote unquote, collect, the collection is still valuable because the set has actually changed. New number, new different way of building things. So uh, I'm sure that that was, you know, people who unfortunately collect lego not out of pleasure but because they want to sell them uh but you know i i just i don't care about value i just care about having fun with them that's my main concern and for people who don't know i see edward's little profile he's got rtd2 so uh, i can only assume that star wars holds a close place in your heart have you ever seen or built let's say the millennium falcon or the death star uh no those sets are a little too <laughs> out of my budget um but i every year they have a um a star wars oh god now i'm blanking on the word but you know like you have the 25 days of christmas and mm -hmm. um and advent you calendar? open thank you yeah they have <laughs> they release a different star wars advent calendar every year and my wife buys that for me so I don't have to worry about it because as soon as she sees it in the store, it's usually in the store before for Halloween. So every day you open it up and the, on the flap, it actually shows you what is in the little baggie that you're going to pull out. And so if it's something, if it's a, like a robot, it's really simple to build. And if it's a, a little ship, like a little tiny Millennium Falcon, it actually like has the instructions on this little flap of, how to put it all together so that's that's one of the things that i i get every year but that's that's just one thing a year as much as i love star wars i don't actually collect star wars uh legos outside of the advent calendar my third uh thing that i love about legos are um oh god now i'm, I'm literally staring at my collection right now and i'm, <laughs> I'm blanking about what i'm talking about um Oh, they, uh, there's a thing that they have called Lego Ideas. And this is probably the coolest thing about Legos. If you are a fan of Legos and there was a set that you wanted to see built, as long as it fell under certain parameters, like it can't be based off of a violent movie, like there will never be a RoboCop set because RoboCop's a rather violent movie. But for example, um, what kind of got us, my wife and I, back into Legos is after the Lego movie came out, we were starting to pay attention. And in, 2000, in the summer of 2014, they released a set um, about famous women of NASA who, so uh, remember that uh, movie Hidden Figures a few years ago? Um, so, uh, and it was partially based on Katherine Johnson, the uh, NASA a uh, woman who helped uh, figure out the trajectories to get man to the moon. So she was actually a part of that set. And my wife being a, uh, a science person and knew the story of Katherine Johnson before the book or the movie came out, she said, oh, you, uh, I want that set. Can you go pick it up for me? Uh, there was a Lego. We were living in Northern California at the time in Berkeley. 
and there was a Lego store at the uh, at a mall about 25 miles away near where my sister-in-law and her husband were living at the time. So I actually drove down to Pleasanton, to the Pleasanton Mall, went to the Lego store and bought the set like the day it came out. And that was the first set that we actually bought. And then about a month later, my wife actually bought me a uh, Lego movie set. Uh, Benny the space the space Benny the spaceman has his own set that's literally called Spaceship Spaceship Spaceship, and and my wife thought that was hilarious, so she went and bought me Benny's spaceship. And when I was a kid, the space program, the real space program, like the mission to Mars, the Viking missions to Mars. I was consumed by them. And fortunately, at the time, one of my family friends, one of my stepmom's uh, best friends, actually worked for JPL, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories, who uh, I don't know if you know about them, but they helped, they've helped greatly with many of the missions for NASA. And Chauncey would send me every week this newsletter that would, they created in-house at JPL that kind of explained for everybody who was working at JPL where the mission stood, because we're talking 1975, 1976, 1977, before the Viking probes landed on Mars or um, or the uh, the other two probes that got sent out into space that are still exploring the outer regions uh, to this date. Um, I might be mixing up my my missions, but there were two missions to Mars and there were two missions to send probes out to explore the planets and then what was what's outside our solar system. And so Chauncey would get a copy and mail it to me every week, week at home. So I was fascinated with space travel as a kid. And then Lego started coming out with these space uh, characters and space sets. And that's what really got me into Lego as a kid. And my wife knew that. So when the movie came out, and we went to see the movie. I'm working at a movie theater, so I could get to see it for free. And the movie was fantastic. We had a lot of fun. So when the Benny spaceship came out, my wife, knowing how much I loved space Legos as a kid, she went and bought it for me. And that just kind of clicked into place. And it's like, why did I ever stop playing with Legos? Legos are Legos are fun. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you become a surly teenager and you become, you know, and you've got other things you... uh you start becoming more interested in as a teenager, partying, drugs, all that fun stuff. And so, you know, you kind of lose track of your Legos or your baseball cards and whatever. And and then as an adult, you spend a good amount of money recreating your childhood. So, but what's nice about the Lego sets that are out today is that there's so many different Lego sets out that cater to a specific demographic. And so one of the nice thing about the Legos idea sets is that uh, last a couple months ago, they came out with a set uh, for friends where it's actually the coffee shop and um, and all of the characters, Gunther and the six friends. And you can build the the coffee shop. There's a Seinfeld set where you can literally create uh, Jerry's apartment and Kramer's apartment across the hall. And they just announced a couple of days ago that they're going to create an office set that, you know, with with all of the characters from the office, Michael and um, Dwight and all of them. But there's also and these are all sets that were submitted by fans of Lego to this Lego idea website. And so what happens is that when you put your idea up, you kind of create a mock version, whether it's either in Lego in Lego or if you have CAD, you can do it in, in, in your CAD design program. And you kind of explain, okay, well, this is why I this is why I think this would be a good fit. And this is how many bricks I anticipate it taking to build and all that stuff. And then Lego fans can vote on which sets that they would be interested in and if they were to move forward. So two or three times a year. As long as your Lego set, proposed Lego set, got at least 10,000 likes, for lack of a better word, if your set got 10,000 likes from Lego fans who regularly log into the Lego's idea website, 
Lego will actually consider making your set. And it kind of goes into a uh, a bake-off at the uh, the Lego home office in, in Denmark, where they consider, okay, is this something that, if it's a set like from Friends or Seinfeld or The Office, is this something that the people who own the rights to those characters in those shows, is this something they would they would be interested in? If it's um, a, like a modular set, they look at, can this be built using Legos that we already make? Because that's one of the, the parameters. It's like Lego doesn't want to go out of their way to have to create a whole bunch of new things, new new sizes and new new pieces just so that you can make the set that you want to make. So can it be made, the proposed set be made with Legos that are currently in existence? And they've added a bunch of Legos already, like new things like um, crowns and ducks and just various things that can be used to mimic other things in sets. So that's the nice thing. And then they have an announcement as like the next uh, Lego idea set is going to be X or Y or Z. So I have a bunch of those. Not only do we have uh, the the ladies, the women of NASA, uh, there's a set that has like um, lady scientists. So one's like a paleontologist and there's also um, a dinosaur expert and a scientist. Then my wife wanted that one as well. But there's also a Tron one with the light cycles uh, tied into uh, Tron Legacy. And so I have so many Legos in my closet that even if I have a straight shot viewing into my closet, I've got so many Legos stuffed in there that I can't even tell you everything I have because I have so many sets. And uh, But it's just something that I love to do build on my own and I love to build with my nieces and nephews. It's a bonding experience. And I am not looking forward to the day when the 11 year old, I invite him, Hey, do you want me to come pick you up so we can, you know, build a set? And he says, nah, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm dreading that day that he becomes a surly tween or teenager or whatever. Uh, because Alex has, um, my nephew's name is Alex and Alex, uh, really, and enjoys he's got a whole bunch of star wars legos at home uh he he loves his lego lego star wars sets so i kind of let him have that also uh he's got like darth vader's um palace from the the lava planet and he's got a uh, millennium falcon i don't think he has the death star yet but he's got a bunch of star wars sets so i kind of let that be his thing that he can do at home well, you know what? Maybe like there's like, going to be that point where he's like, oh, I don't want to play with Legos, but then he's going to come back. He's like, yo, I really want to play with Legos again. Is that like that rebirth of like that rekindling that like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like what you had. And it also leads me to, it leads me to think because you have so many different types of Legos and the whole idea process of like creating new things. Have you ever just looked at your box like, hmm. What can I create today? Or even let's say with your nephew, you did a challenge. I was like, okay, first one to build a tree or I don't know, build a coffee cup. Who has the best coffee cup kind of thing? Uh, no, that's not something that we've done yet. Because uh, like most of my sets are specifically, most of my Legos are specifically tied to specific sets. So when he comes over, we build the uh, the assembly square. We build the diner. We build the the Tron light cycles. We build whatever the actual set is. I don't have any sets that are just like just random pieces together that you can build whatever you want. That was fun as a kid, but I enjoy the challenge of of building, you know, a 3000 brick building that has a 150 page instruction manual <laughs> that you have to be very careful about how you put it all together because if you miss even a single piece uh, you might have to tear it back down to where you missed something and and put it back the way it should be. I enjoy that challenge now. The more of the the technical aspect, the uh, the perfection of of a finished piece. Now, with that in mind, what was the most challenging build you've ever had to tackle? That would be the assembly square. It's a uh, it's a piece that came out in. 2019 or 2020, 
if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but it was over, it was the biggest set of the modular buildings. I'm going to look it up really quick while we're talking. 4,002 pieces. Oof. Yeah, and it, yeah, the, uh, the, the ground level had a bakery with a counter, a cash register, shelves, an oven that actually opened and had a wedding cake inside. Uh, there was um, a flower, flower shop and a cafe with like an espresso machine, uh, seating and pie and the music. So it was just it was this massive set and it was a lot of fun to build, but it was also something that you had to be very specific about. And thankfully, the first time when you open it up, uh, each section is in numbered bags. So you grab the bags that are marked number one, and that's for the first level. And then depending on how big of a coffee table or dining table you have, wherever you're building, you know, you kind of start setting up your pieces into sections so that you know what you need to grab when you need to grab it. So, but assembly square was the most challenging simply because of the size of it. Um, the one that came out the year before brick bank, only had 2,380 pieces and the detective's office had less than that. So most of them have less than 2,500 pieces. And then all of a sudden you get to 4,000 pieces because it's a huge building, but it's a lot of fun. So that one was the most challenging. The most fun one, being a movie theater manager for most of my life, uh, was the first set that we got, which just happened to be Palace Cinema, uh, where you build a, an actual old-fashioned movie theater now the seating inside the theater because of the size of the building it only can seat like six people or six minifigures but the just that you get to build a projection booth and you get to build a lobby with a snack bar and you actually get to build a a screen that has doesn't have a curtain that open and closes but it looks like it's a framed curtain that's been opened all the way so a movie can be projected and in in many ways, it looks like the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And it's got it's it's a great set. It's a lot of fun. That's my my most favorite one to build because of just not only the complexity of the build, but because when I'm done, I've got my own little movie theater in my house. All you need to do is buy one of those little mini projectors and just project it onto the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, the. If they actually made a lens that was small enough <laughs> to actually fit on the, the thing. I've actually got a uh, a little projector for Halloween that projects images mm. from the original uh, 1932 Frankenstein on a wall that runs on a very small loop. But the projector is probably the size of the entire uh, Lego building. So I can't just shove <laughs> it into can't just shove it into the building. Uh, because you it's just try, way too but... big. <laughs> I, I've tried. It's way too big. I don't know why we're, we're talking about the movie theater and like making actually kind of like a movie theater Lego set. The first thing that came to mind was that Zoolander theme or scene. What uh -huh. is this? A building for ants? It needs right. to be at least three times bigger. Right. <laughs> actually, speaking of which bigger, what is the biggest set you have ever made? Like huge, like mass. I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking about like the Khalifa building I'm talking <laughs> that's a little big um the biggest one is actually again the assembly square it's no. it's um it's not it because like I said most of the buildings that they make are two to three story tall and the assembly building is kind of like three story tall plus it has extra stuff on the roof so that one took uh several days to build the first time just because of its complexity and I'm not one of those guys that uh, needs to build big. I just need to build right. Uh, I'm a stickler for my builds. I like, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a stickler for the uh, the perfection of it all. I want it to be perfect. So that's where um, that's that's what I so I like I said I just enjoy the builds that are that are already challenging as it is and with challenging in mind has it ever happened to you that you were building something and it was just so tiny pieces or fragile that it just kept on falling and then you're like ah you know what i'm just gonna glue it but you don't actually glue it but you just keep on trying oh yeah uh many times there's uh 
the minifigures are sometimes the most challenging. Uh, I don't know if you collect the minifigs, but there's there was a set a couple of years ago where it included a um, a half woman, half horse, uh, minotaur-like character that in one hand uh, held an apple and in the other hand held a bow and arrow. Of course, it's plastic, so it's all one piece, the bow and arrow. And you're supposed to be able to put the bow and arrow into her little claw. And every time I'd try to do it, I'd knock her, her hair off or I'd knock the apple out or I'd get it on. But it would it would the 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 body would separate from the horse section. And then when I tried to put it back on the it, I don't know why this one piece was so challenging. Uh, but I finally got it on and I didn't have to glue it back on, but I was just so happy that it was finally done. And, uh, I can, I, am actually looking at the piece right now on my desk. Uh, and I was like, oh, use SOB. <laughs> <laughs> the moment you were done, you're like, all right, stand back. Nobody touch it. Yeah. This, this is too precious. <laughs> don't, don't breathe on it. Don't look at it. <laughs> don't make, don't make eye contact or also just fall from the yeah. glare. Are you going to make eye contact with it? Nope. 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 The sound of your voice. Don't speak in its general direction. Your breath yeah. might just blow it over. <laughs> yep. So that one was just a pain in the neck. But yeah, that, those it's usually the smaller pieces that are the most challenging. When I bought the police station a couple of weeks ago, uh, being a Lego VIP member, if you spend a certain amount, uh, they give you like a little free set. So they gave me, let me grab it real quick. So this thing they gave me was from the Ninjago set. It's a mini Thunder Raider car, 69 pieces. And it has back wheels, but on the front, it has treads like a tank. And so you put the little treads together around a piece so that when you roll it, the treads are supposed to roll. But no matter what I do, I can never get the treads to roll. I've tried putting them forwards and backwards and all this other stuff. And it was just a, <laughs> and so after I finally built it and kind of semi got it to roll a tiny bit, I eventually just took it all apart and threw all the parts into my extra bin. Cause I'm never going to build it again as it is. So if I need tires or a little cockpit or a couple of samurai swords, for something else, if if the five-year-old gets a little creative, um, I've got something I can build with her that will be out, out of the box. The magical box. Yes. The mythical, bo the mythical box that's not there because it's out of the box. <laughs> and this might be a very hard question, but maybe you have an answer for it. But if you're able to tell, how many individual pieces of Lego do you have? It would be... In the, I would say at least 50,000, mm. simply because of if I have 10 of the modular sets and each of those has 25 to 4,000 pieces each, well, that's, that's coming close to, tw you know, more than 25, 30,000 pieces on its own. And then all the other sets that I have with the, um, the architecture, the the flat iron building the, from New York or the Statue of Liberty, each of those has several hundred pieces each. So I'm guesstimating that between all of my sets, there's and the pieces that I the little pieces like the the Ninjago thing that I got for free, I'd say easily 50,000. And the funny the funny part is, is that I have a dog. She's three years old. She's a golden retriever. And she somehow finds Legos on the street in the neighborhood as we're walking. <laughs> so I'll, it'll be a, like a random two by four red brick or a flat four piece black, uh, like flat thing with no um, knobs on top. She'll just find the weirdest random things as we're walking because we live in a, in a neighborhood near a school and maybe kids bring their stuff. But. She just finds random Legos on the street. And so I'll take them home and I'll clean them up and I'll throw them in the uh, the extra bin. And I would say, honestly, I've got at least 
200 pieces over the last really? few years that she's just randomly found on the street. Like, but then the 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 treads for the Ninjago set I was just talking about, it takes seven different pieces to make the tread that goes around the the little oval that's supposed to be like a a, a tread. So do I count that as one or do I count that as seven? So I'm going to count it as seven because it's seven individual pieces that need to be put together. So things like that, it kind of adds up over time where uh, the pieces just be, you get more and more and more. And I'm sure I can make something fantastic if I was to put them all together. Uh, but I am not as good as the people on that uh, Lego Masters show, which I, I love. I love watching that and I sit there and it's like, it would be fantastic to be that good, but I am not that good. I am not that creative. I enjoy the building aspect more than the creating aspect, but I am absolutely in awe of all of the people who were on that show. Even the people who get uh, voted out the first week, I could never get that far. So even though the people who were are out the first week, I feel bad for them. But you got to be on a TV show where you got to build Legos <laughs> for a, nat a global audience. Mm -hmm. And some of those creations are amazing. And fantastic. There's, uh, did, I'm presuming you watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so, last, so last season, season two, they had these nerdy twin brothers on. I can't remember their names right now. But uh, one of the things was that they... One of the challenges was you need to build a demolition car that can move. And then they put all the cars on a track and, you know, the last one wins the challenge or whatever. And they built this this big thing. And one of the brothers like messed up and sent the car screaming off the edge before it ran in, into anything. I don't know if you remember that episode. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And but it's just like and as much as and they had a great sense of humor about it, but that the fact that they even got on the show in the first place, um, I think they eventually came in second or third. I know they didn't win. Uh, but the fact that they got as far as they did, uh, I am just in awe of of all of them just because that's something I could never even conceive of doing, of sitting there and thinking. Okay, I've got 12 hours to come up with this idea of building building some set out of my imagination. And as much as I, I loved doing that as a kid, I, that terrifies me today. I could never do that. And especially when you see them fall, like just yeah. like something breaks off, it just hurts you. Oh, it does. It's so much pain. I feel so when I see those set, then some of those sets, it's like, you know, it's it's there's a little you have to build something off of a one by eight piece uh one by eight piece that's hanging uh you know from a couple pieces of filament wire from the ceiling and you have to build something off of that and to sit there and think okay and it has to have some kind of element that extends at least four or six feet i forget the exact distance but it, it has to have these elements that and to sit there and think these two people were able to come up with all of that and do it mm -hmm. and not have it break was amazing. But then when you see one team kind of almost get there and then it breaks and it, you're just your heart sinks so badly. And it's just like because, A, you know, you could never even get that far. Nope. <laughs> and then to have them get that far and then potentially be kicked out of the competition because they they went so far and just lost it at the last second is 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 beyond heartbreaking uh but i can tell you that the last episode when they finally crown a victor i'm sitting on my couch and i am crying tears of joy for the people who were able to do it and the people and the people who didn't win, but were still able to do it, were able to participate and and make friends 
for life and win the money. I really want to know what happened to the couple from season one that won because mm-hmm. they because they kind of announced that that she was pregnant towards the end of the show. And that was like two years ago. So, you know, where are they now? They won a hundred thousand dollars and they were having a baby and the baby's now two. What happened to them? I don't know, but I would love to find out. I would love when season three comes back, uh, hopefully in a couple months, I'd love to see them go back and say, okay, well, this is what happened to the couple that won in season one. And this is what happened to the the brothers who won in season two. I would love to see them do a show, even if it's a, a half a show about what happened to the people who who won or competed because if you watch the great british bake-off or uh i think it's called the great british baking show in america but at the end after they've crowned a winner because they film it several months in advance you actually get caught up with the people who are participating it's like after the competition was done you know these people got together and went on holiday and these people got together and went out to the pub and and all these, and you get to see what happened to them after the competition, even if it's only a few months down the road. I desperately want to know what happened to the couple that won season one with their baby, because you now the kid's two years old. Are they buying the Duplo stuff with the the money they won for their kid, or you know <laughs> what are they doing? I want to know. You know, it'd be cool. And this is probably would, like in six seasons if they make six seasons, but have uh, the winners of every season come back for like a one million dollar grand prize, right? That would be fantastic. I love the shows like that when they do it on uh, on, on British Bake Off, or or they bring back the people who came in like second or third and do a, a a two or three a two or three mini season where it's just them back in the tent, you know, uh, and doing. I love I love when they do things like that, and I wish that that the Lego Show would do that. You know what? After this episode, I should be re- editing, but I'm probably going to watch that show now <laughs> just just to relive the memory and like my childhood memory of collecting legos building random things and stepping on them yeah have you stepped on them i feel like this is a stupid question to ask but i feel like whoever has owned lego has at least stepped on one piece of lego i've stepped on more pieces of lego than i dare count but i also have two dogs and they have a lot of chew toys and i've stepped on those more so uh, Lego is an, a, a small Lego isn't as bad as a half chewed uh, plastic bone for your dog. And uh, one of the ones that I seem to constantly step on is a uh, one that's in shape of a pretzel. So it's got it's like stepping on a eight by eight Lego in the in the dark at two in the morning because, you know, the dog's like whining because it needs to go to the bathroom, even though you just took it out to the bathroom a couple hours ago and then stepping on that in the dark at two in the morning. That's, that's more pain than a Lego. Fun times. <laughs> oh, well, another question to throw you off a little bit. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started collecting Legos? I wish I had found my love of Lego, my rediscovered my love of Lego um, sooner. So that that's the one thing is because if I had found my love of Lego sooner, I would have all of those modular buildings and not just some of them and watching the values and the prices of them go up and up and up. And so that's 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 my one wish. I wish that I had had discovered it again sooner. But I know this might be a stretch, but have you ever gone to like a garage sale and found a set? And you're like, wow, someone just selling a set for this much. Cool. I'll buy it. I am not awake early enough <laughs> to do that. And there are probably a lot of people doing that already. Uh, if you go to like a Goodwill store, uh, they never have Lego sets on sale because there's an actual Goodwill website that they actually sell the Legos online in an, an auction. They have a Goodwill auction website where they will actually. So it'll say, you know, this Goodwill store in um, Medford, Ohio, you know, every time they would get a Lego set, they'll take pictures of it, whether it's just a bunch of random bricks or if it's a whole mess of of minifigures, because they know the Goodwill store will make more money if if whatever's been donated is good enough to start a bidding war. Because why sell it in your store for $20? 
if you can get eight geeks and I'm, I, I myself am a Lego geek. I'm not, but if you can get eight Lego geeks to outbid each other, like it was uh, eBay and all that money goes back to the store and all of the services that Goodwill provides, well, it benefits them, you know, and their services of helping the community. But you can't go, if you go to a Goodwill store, any Goodwill store, you'll never find any Legos in there because they sell them through their own website, auction site. But uh, there are too many people now who are just doing that very thing. I'm not waking up at six in the morning on a Saturday to go driving around looking for garage sales in the hopes that maybe one of them has Legos and doesn't know exactly what they have. I, what I'm planning on doing in the future with Legos is uh, my wife and I uh, are actually planning on opening our own Lego store. <gasps> Whoa. So there's a company in America that's called Bricks and Minifigs. It's kind of like a uh, interconnected chain of independent stores. And that, um, so that for a certain amount of seed money, you can buy a franchise of sorts and then you 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 know rent out or buy out a space at a, at a mall or in a strip mall or wherever and basically you would be like a lego reseller so if you had a lego set that for whatever reason you didn't want anymore uh your kids uh have outgrown their legos and you don't play with you don't you're not an adult fan of lego you could actually take it to a bricks and minifig store and the store owner would make you an offer. It's like, okay, they'll check out the pieces, make sure everything's there, make sure it looks good. Um, and then make you an offer based on what you want. Uh, and so uh, this is something that I've been investigating for a couple of years now. Uh, our finances are, are uh, saving. I don't want to say savings. My investments have dipped a little bit the last few years since we're in a, uh, recession right now so once things get a little better and we have the seed money available uh my wife and i plan on opening our own lego store in a couple of years uh and this is uh for me a better way than doing like a garage sale because there's just too many people who are doing those things now where i i'm not going to wake up at six in the morning to go driving around looking for garage sales and hoping that I'm the first or second there, person there before someone else who's doing the same thing. I Those things like storage wars and those uh, TikTok videos of people going to uh, Goodwills and, and Salvation Armies and looking for things that they can sell online. Uh, that's not my bag. I don't, I, that's not why I do Lego. Um, I want to share my joy of Legos with people who find joy i don't want to be one of those people that are doing it for the money i want to be those people who are doing it for the joy so i don't do i don't do garage sales um i don't look through the penny saver looking for used sets but like i said once once the timing is right and the money and the money is there we plan on opening our own lego store that is awesome i was gonna ask you what are you gonna name the store you can't tell that yet because that's uh that's oh, it'd be called bricks and it'd be called bricks and minifigs because you'd actually be buying a franchise. It'd be like, you know, it's okay, like, I see if, you know, if you buy a McDonald's franchise, you're going to call it McDonald's because, you know, you're, you're buying a McDonald's franchise. If you're, uh, I don't know if Chick-fil-A does franchising, but you'd be, buy, you know, if you buy a Chick-fil-A franchise, you're buying a Chick-fil-A franchise because you want that name to help sell your stuff. So bricks and minifigs is a franchise of a franchisee of lego stores that's not affiliated with the lego company itself but is allowed because you're basically a reseller of used sets which is a lego store does not do so that's how it kind of skirts the issue of being a resale store but you know not get in trouble with lego because you're not selling new stuff so much as you're selling the older stuff well, once you do have this door up and running and you have a website, by all means, send it my way and I'll add it in the show notes, even if it's like 25 years from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my podcast will be still up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you can actually add it right now. It's like bricksandminifigs.com. But that's, you know, so my 
page would be on that website. You know, so if I, I open the store in Long Beach, it would California it'd be like bricksandminifigs.com slash Long Beach or store 183 or I, I don't remember exactly how they do it. But that's one of the, the reasons that you do the franchise with them instead of opening your own store, because you become a part of a franchise and you are you become a part of an already established network that Lego fans already know about. I don't know if they have any any places in Canada yet. Maybe somebody in Canada is listening and can contact <laughs> them and maybe open the first Bricks and Minifig store in Canada. There we are. And fantastic. And I'll go visit it and say, <laughs> Edward sent me here. And then he's like, who the hell is Edward? my exactly. friend <laughs> well that's awesome yeah and then in that case so once you have the page going then i'll link to your specific page so people ignore all the other ones and just go to yours well don't know don't ignore the other ones if if you're not in los angeles california if you're in canada or new york or seattle washington or miami go to the ones that are down there support your local independent lego reselling comp uh, person because they need the business too and then go see edward and then go see Edward <laughs> if you happen to be in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. I'm forcing you. I mean, go on your own free will. Yes. <laughs> and this is one of the darker questions I've asked this in the last episode, but I'll bring it back here. What are some misconceptions about people who collect Legos? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, most of my friends and family, like I said, I've got a I've got a nephew who also plays with Legos, and it's one of the things that um, we bond with my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law. My wife actually bought uh, them Legos for Christmas last year because they actually came out. Lego has a kind of a botanical set now where you can actually build like Lego flowers and Lego plants and stuff like that. And it's something that my wife felt that both of them could use as kind of a uh, something they could do with the five-year-old and something that might actually be like a Zen relaxation thing. And it turned out that they very, even though they weren't Lego people, that they very much enjoyed being able to do that with their daughter and do it for themselves and then, you know, have it on their desk at work. And it's something that had brought them joy. So most people who understand that Lego is now more than just a child's toy, that it's something that anyone of any age can enjoy because there's so many ways to enjoy it. Now, I think the there aren't any misconceptions. And then the, the show, the Lego Master Show, kind of helps disprove any misconceptions about adult fans of Lego, that they can be smart and creative and funny and attractive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, 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 that anybody could play with Legos and, and nobody is, it doesn't have that stigma that it might've had 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. So I just think with the changes in society over the last few decades, it's something that there isn't a stigma about anymore. So my answer to you is I don't think there is anymore. Man, that's a good thing. That's a really yes. good thing. And uh, I forgot to ask this question at the beginning of the episode, but might as well ask it at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you're working on that you would love to share? Because you do have a podcast that you I mentioned a little a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a podcast and I just bought the URL for my podcast. So now instead of just sending people go look for the 80s movie podcast on Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever, you can actually now go to the 80s movie podcast.com, all one word, the 80s movie podcast.com. And you can, and I'm updating the episode, uh, the episodes that I've already recorded because I'm a one person operation on the podcast. So I have to do all of that coding again myself and uh, re-uploading all of the pictures for each of the episodes and the sound files. And so it takes a while. So, and then on top of that, I've started doing a new thing now on the website, which is called this day in eighties movie history, where I'll pick a date. So if, today is July 26th. And as we are recording this and tomorrow is July 27th, I know this won't be heard for a while. But on, on this date, July 27th in 1984, Purple Rain was released into theaters. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a, uh, on this date for July 27th, because not only did Purple Rain come out, there was uh, a Cheech and Chong movie called The Corsican Brothers. Uh, Disney re-released The Jungle Book. Uh, Meatballs Part 2, the atrocious sequel that has nothing to do with Meatballs 1. 
there was a bunch of movies that came out, but the big movie that came out on July 27th, in 1984, was Prince and Purple Rain. And who doesn't love Prince and Purple Rain? So uh, I'll pick a uh, I'll pick a different day because usually movies are released on Fridays. So for the 27th, July 27th, there was only one year in the entire decade because of leap years and such, where a, a Friday landed on July 27th. But for July 28th, you know, there's 1989, and then July 29th, there's 1983. So uh, or 1988. So I can pick one year, and then next year. In 2023, I can do the other year that I didn't get to do the first time around because there was, you know, because Friday landed on that date more than once during the decade. So if you love 80s movies or you're not as knowledgeable as maybe you want to be, you can go to the website and you can start learning movie history literally one day at a time. That is a really neat idea. I, I, I'm i actually going to go check that out. I'm going to put that down below as well so people can go check it out. Well, I've only been doing it for as we record this, four days. So by the time the episode comes out, there will be a lot more there of go. these. But just be aware, I only started it like four days ago. So so if you're looking at it, if you, Alex, mm -hmm. are looking at it in July, there's only a couple. But those mm -hmm. who are listening when this episode comes out and whenever it comes out, mm -hmm. um, there'll be a lot more content for them to check out. So let me go back and say, if you had a special day within the four days, go check it out for those four <laughs> days and then wait till the future comes and there'll be more. <laughs> yes. And now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about collecting Legos? Do you collect Legos? Which I kind of hinted that you kind of hinted that you do. Uh, how big is your Lego collection? I, oh geez. So I was a big Lego fan when I was a kid. I even had like the Lego motors as well going on i had like mm -hmm. the space kits i didn't have like the harry potter ones but i like the the random non-movie ones those are the ones mm -hmm. i had and then it got into like the whole movie set um i had a pretty big i have a big tupperware a tupperware well one of those big containers that goes up to like above your knee right yeah. it's like you can sink your arm and you can lose a small child in there basically <laughs> Uh, and then another container, my mom kept this, so it's at my parents' place. And every now and then, like, uh, my wife, when she went to go visit Japan, she got me like this Naruto set. And it was like those very nano blocks. It's not technically Lego, but it's kind of like the same set. And it just frustrated me to build because it kept on falling because they're so small and so fragile. But like, uh, I picked up some Pokemon uh, Lego sets. I like anime themed Legos first. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like to build it. And they'll put it up on my shelf. Yeah. Legos is fun. Like that's just Legos are fun. That's that's all I can say. They're just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's more fun than IKEA. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? What? There's an actual IKEA Lego set that you oh, can only <laughs> buy that you can only buy at IKEA. I don't normally go to IKEA, but I needed something that uh for uh, like a thing I was building in my, one of my closets. And I went to an Ikea here in L.A. and I'm walking around and then boom, right in front of me is an actual Ikea Lego set. So I bought one. It's in my set. I haven't built it yet, but it's just I, I, I don't remember even what it what it is specifically. But if you have an Ikea near you, there may be a, they may still have them in stock. I don't know. But because uh, I, I bought it a few months ago, but I was just shocked that there was an actual Lego Ikea set. I could just imagine two things. Either the instructions are the kind of Ikea instructions, not the typical Lego instructions, or there are pieces missing or pieces that are too long <laughs> or too short. And then you have an argument with your friend or significant other while building it. <laughs> right. And then you have to go to the Lego or have to go to the Ikea store and say, I need some replacement Legos. Because yeah. <laughs> they'll have that on hand. <laughs> yeah, because they'll look at you in frustration. It's like, this isn't a Lego store. Well, I bought it here. So yeah. make it a Lego store. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually one of the more surprising things that I had never heard of it. I just randomly found it while walking through an Ikea one day. And it's like, what? Now, now it's got me wondering what other stores has a random Lego set of their store? Like maybe, I don't know. Uh, 
Goodwill. What if Goodwill had a Lego set about Goodwill? Uh, that would be really <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah, that would be extremely I'd hate, weird. I'd hate, what is it? It's just a, a, a blank space where you can just put whatever you want in there. <laughs> yeah. and You just take your Lego box and just dump it into the Lego, uh, the Goodwill. It's like, all right, we're selling this yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, like one of the things that I like about the, the movie theaters, the Palace Cinema set, is that it actually came with um, stickers that you could actually like once you built your movie screen, you put a sticker on it that would actually be like a frame from a movie as if it was actually showing a movie. And then there were places on the outside that were for movie posters. So and so you you would build a little like flat poster frame and then you'd put the sticker in. So it actually looks like a real movie poster, but of course it's a Legoized movie poster. So they they makes they come up with some pretty interesting things. No, it also also has me wondering as well. So I remember back in the year ninety nine when the Pokemon movie came out, they gave like mm-hmm. a Pokemon card. When the Lego movie came out, did they give any kind of like Lego? Like, did they give any Lego or anything like that? Yes, yes, there were actually mm. Lego sets. Uh, that were available, and I didn't keep one for myself because I wasn't collecting Lego at the time. And I kick myself every day that I didn't keep that set. But when the Lego Movie Two came out, they we gave away a a set. It was a small bag set, like seventy pieces or so, based on the character that um, Tiffany Haddish voiced. I can't remember. It was a like a unicorn heart thing. But you could build, but that's it. We gave away that set. So I grabbed like three of them, kept one for myself, and then gave one each to my niece and nephew um, because the, the the youngest niece was only like a year old. I'm not giving a little <laughs> little one-year-old small no, Lego pieces. Doing, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did keep that one. But yeah, there was, I can't remember what the collectible was in 2014, but they did create a special um, s- small set that you could build for the Lego movie too. I can't remember if there was one for Nin- Ninjago or the Batman Lego Batman movie, but uh, they have had some special sets and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun just watching a kid with their parents and you buy a ticket and then you say, here kid, here's a free Lego set and their little eyes just light up with joy and man that was those were some of the best days working at a movie theater over 34 years it was just giving somebody something that they weren't expecting that would that would bring them joy oh my god it was so great it's an it's an awesome feeling it is especially awesome when it's interactive like lego all right just like right after the movie they get all hyped up it's like oh wow i just watched this lego movie <gasps> i have a little lego set i can build and then it just creates that curiosity and wanting to try to build other things as well all right. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Edward, for coming back on. You were courageous, brave, very patient uh, with all the technical difficulties. And if you guys would like to learn more about Edward, I'll put all the links down below. I do highly recommend to go check out all the days of the years. I think it's like 365 days, but right now there's only four. But there will be a lot more of movies from the 80s, what happened on that day. It's going to be very interesting. Edward is very passionate about this, so I know he's going to put a lot of effort into it. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you don't need to. But if you do, uh, you can leave a review. Uh, be a patron. Um, what, a, what else? I'm selling merchandise or I'm also working on a board game. It's not a Lego theme board game. That would be cool. I'm sure there's one already out there right now, but it's a podcast theme board game. But either way, this is something for the future. Long, long when I'll have less hair on my head. But in the meantime, what you do need to do is go show Edward some more love. So Edward, thank you once again. Thank you. Uh, I just have one last question. Can you, can, can you have any less hair on your head? Like, so, so, so what I'm assuming I'm is happening is that gravity just shoved it all the way down to my chin. So if ah. I hold myself upside down, I'm thinking it'll go back up. I think that's how it works, right? Okay, send me pictures. I want to see that. <laughs> you know, what's that toy they had? It was back in the 80s or 90s, but uh, where it was like Magnus and you had this like magnetic pen. You just drag the hair. I think it was like Bob or something. 
Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't remember its name. It's still around. I still see it in toy stores from time to time. Yeah, I'm going to go to him for advice to see how I can get my hair on top again. Well, just put magnets and, uh, <laughs> magnets and, on my and metal, metal shavings that look like hair. I'm just going to have a Sharpie and just start like poking little dots to make it look like I have hair. What's the hey. worst that could happen? <laughs> uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> this, this show just turned into, please do not try this at home. Please Alex don't try this at home. At the beginning, there's no stupid people. Yeah, there's Alex with a Sharpie on his head. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once again, Edward, I really can't thank you enough for this. I think you just created a new podcast. You can't do this in podcasting. You can't do this in podcasting. That's a hundred episodes of me doing things like, all right, this is like welcome to jackass kind of things. Like, all right, yep, don't do this. This yeah, is bad. Don't do that. <laughs> and and because you're Canadian like the original show, it, it's just mm -hmm. a perfect fit. There you go. So it, I have to do it now, don't I? Yep. You're stuck. Uh, damn it. I, I expect to see the first episode by the end of the year. Well, you mean see, you're going to be part of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I'm going down, you're coming down with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry. I got to go down. My wife is calling me. <laughs> sorry, that's me. I'm calling you. Yeah, I'm on the other line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it is a show in the future, then I'll let people know. And then Edward can be my first critic and saying, do not. I'll put it at the title beginning. You know how movies like they have reviews like best movie ever. It's like, why? Just just using why. Which Alex, like why did you more. do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, Alex? Why? You can't you can't <laughs> do that on podcasting. And then I'll be like, watch me. And you're like, no, Alex, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. That's exactly what we're not gonna do. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I I I, I love doing your show. It's uh, you you have a you have a wonderful way of of interviewing and it's always a joy to be here. And uh, if I ever, ever discover another hobby, I will let you know. My door is always open. And once again, the pleasure is all mine. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>